0: Welcome to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness.
1: I'm Erica, and I'm Allie, and today we are with self-described bread witch and baker extraordinaire Coco of Coco Bakes. Coco's organic, vegan, gluten-free, natural leaven, sprouted, wildly fermented sourdough bread has gained a cult-like following. Her bread goes on sale at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays, and even though she sells over 100 loaves, it sells out almost immediately. In addition to bread, she has also made a name for
0: herself for selling delicious desserts, including a vegan, gluten-free chocolate blackout cake that was sold at Air One and was legit the best dessert I've ever eaten in my entire life. She is unapologetically herself and inspires others to be the same. So please welcome Coco. Welcome.
1: Coco, thank you for coming.
2: Oh my gosh, thanks for wanting me to be recorded on some sort of medium other than my own social media.
0: Your Instagram is so great. I love
1: hearing you share about your day. So fantastic.
2: Thank you.
1: So how did you this is very like broad open question, but how did you get into baking? We know you have a like a, a long history with cooking and in the culinary world.
2: I'm going to say that I really don't like that question, but I'm going to answer it because the listeners deserve to know, and that's something my father would say. Um, (laughs) I am my dad. Okay. How did I get started? Um, I guess I, yes, I do have a long history of like cooking and baking in the kitchen with my mom, and she pretty much worked from home growing Mm -hmm. up, so at three in the afternoon, when we got out of school and we got home, she had something waiting for us. That, like my favorite, I think, was like gingerbread, but the poppy seed cake. If you guys have ever had that, it was modeled off of what she made. Um, and so we spent a lot of time in the kitchen with her. When she would make pies, she would give us like dough scraps, and we would make. I would make, like, little hand pies. My sister, though, always had the best things. No. She would make hand pies. I would literally just put cinnamon sugar on my scraps, <laughs> bake it, eat it. But she, like, would look at it and really fold it and crimp the edges. And I was just like, no, I'm going to eat mine now. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Um, and so then after I graduated from college, skip I had, like, 15 years, I um, I thought, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I thought maybe I'd go to law school because both my parents um, are lawyers. They Neither one of them practice anymore. But I didn't really know what else to do. So I thought mm-hmm. I'll follow in their footsteps. And I'm fascinated by the law um, and court cases. So... I thought, before I do that, before I jump into more schooling, I'll just go do take a year off and do something. And mm. a girlfriend of mine had said she went to La Cordon Bleu and then went to a school in Italy for a little while. Mm. Um, I was like, wow, that sounds like a dream. So I thought, I'll go to La Cordon Blue in Pasadena. that time, they were still around. And I had never left L.A. Mm. I mm. went to school in Claremont, 50 minutes south No, east of where I live. And I had never gotten away. My brother and sister both went away to college. My sister was in New York for seven years. And my brother was somewhere else in New York. And and so I hadn't gotten away. And my dad was like, well, if you're going to go to Le Cordon Bleu, like, you should just go to the best one, which Mm. he said was in Paris. So they shipped me off to Paris, which, like, without a revolt, of course, (laughs) And I spent three months in Paris learning how to bake. Wow. And I thought I was going to be like one of these things that just took up some of my time mm. until I figured out what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the problem now. I feel like people just stay, kids stay in school mm. so that they don't have to enter the real world. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, and so I came back, worked at Huckleberry, the bakery in Santa Monica, and worked there for about a year and a half. In that time, I had eaten so many croissants in Paris that I was like, no more gluten, no more dairy, no more sugar. I'm getting very sick in at home. Mm. Um, so I quit eating all of those things. First, it was gluten and dairy, which was really hard working at Huckleberry. Mm. Um, it was like super limited. I went from like an English muffin every morning that I worked to almost nothing. And so I started baking at home and Pulling things out of my mom's pantry that I don't know, she's sort of more on the health conscious side. So she had almond flour, she had chia seeds, she had more natural ingredients that I could start making gluten free things with. And this was right around the time that Baby Cakes cookbook came out. Mm. And you had to like go on Amazon and like go to weird stores to pick up garb fava flowers and (laughs) like all this stuff Mm. that. When I started making my desserts at home, I needed none of that. <laughs> it was like eggs, coconut oil or olive oil, um, almond flour, super basic, and people loved it. Hmm. So, about a year and a half after working at Huckleberry and like just really <laughs> going hard there, um, I quit and started Cocoa Bakes.
0: Wow. I think that
2: was
1: five four or five years ago yeah five years ago and was there ever that moment where you're like oh this is this is my career or this is what I want to be my career did you have that or did it happen sort of naturally and then you found yourself having this business
2: it almost felt like the same thing I had done before by going to culinary school Mm -hmm. like putting off something I knew that I was good at it. I knew that people liked my stuff, but I could do this and I could make enough money to like keep it going Mm. until I found what I was supposed to do. Because a baker five years ago, like you're gonna be a professional baker, it wasn't really like a thing. Mm. Now it is so much more. Like welcomed in mm-hmm. our society, I feel like to be a cook, to be a chef, to be a baker. Yeah. Um, it is more of a normal job now. I mean, no. an influencer is a job now. So <laughs>
1: right, a, a lot of job. Yeah.
2: yeah, so it was sort of like this. I'm gonna hold out until I figure out what I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and five years later, still doing it. Mm-hmm. So I guess at some point I was sort of like, okay, this is a career. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Interesting. <sighs> That's so that is, that's so courageous actually though, to quit a stable job or a job that's gonna definitely pay you to be like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start cocoa bakes for right. myself. That takes so much courage. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Um, so you described that you had gotten to this point after France where you're like, no more gluten, no more sugar, no more dairy. Um I've been dairy free for Going on, it was like eight years, maybe mm-hmm. eight and a half years. And I gave wow. it up because I had, um, I'm pretty sure I gave myself a dairy allergy with all the dairy I consumed in the first part of my life. But um, I, like, around the time I was 23, started developing like severe adult acne. Mm. And I, you know, like the dermatologists want to give you all this crap. Mm-hmm. And they did. And nothing worked, of course. And then one day this like woman in Santa Monica, I'm walking and she go- comes up to me and is like, oh honey, of course like giving me unsolicited advice oh, no, about my skin. Yeah. But I was so desperate, I was like, I'm gonna listen to you, I don't care. And she's like, what's going on here? Is a dairy allergy? Just give it up and you'll be fine. And then this like little woman just like disappeared. I was like, did that happen? But I quit it in that moment, and four days later, my skin started to clear up. So I'm really fascinated how you – how did you see signs of – was it allergy? Was it intolerance? Did you feel – just feel like shit? Like, what was that thing where you're like, this is what I need to get rid of?
2: Um, I gave up gluten initially, and there was, like, a ton of lethargy, Mm. um, a ton of, like, just full sinuses still – and my mom is a non-dairy vegetarian which is confusing yeah mom's confusing so she doesn't eat any meat but or dairy but she'll eat eggs mm-hmm. on occasion that's literally the only thing she'll eat okay. so she used to get pneumonia like two times a year way 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 back in the day maybe in her 20s and mm-hmm. early 30s mm-hmm. and she stopped eating dairy and that stopped happening. Wow. So I was sort of like, well, maybe this friends in the family and I should stop eating dairy. And I didn't eat that much growing up. Like we didn't really have like a lot of butter on things. We didn't do margarine, we did real butter, but like she'd have us drink milk. And so it was a sort of like, this is the natural evolution of where I was gonna go anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still have cheese on occasion. I'll still have butter on occasion. <laughs> I, like, notice that my head's a little stuffier, my voice is a little more nasally, but it sort of was just, like, my destiny anyways. Mm. So it was the natural, like, next thing to go after After gluten.
1: gluten. Yeah. And did you... Had you been experimenting with baking in that way prior to you giving it up?
2: Oh, my gosh. No. I actually hadn't at all. Mm. It wasn't until... I was creating recipes for Huckleberry, and they were selling, and, okay, funny enough, my ex-boss at Huckleberry was like, she's, so the owner, Zoe, she's like, Zoe's gonna hate, like, nine out of ten things you make. Okay, I think I was like, five for six. (laughs) Okay. So, I start making things for them, and like based off of the recipes, but changing stuff. I'm no like not even claiming credit for anything there. But I was creating some stuff, and people were really liking it, and so we were making it more regularly. And I thought, okay, if I can do this and people like like the flavor combinations I'm coming up with sort of thing, then maybe I can start it on my own. So it wasn't really until I stopped eating dairy myself that I was like, oh, I'm going to try this. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I also sort of learned while I was at Huckleberry, they had a couple vegan or dairy-free options. And I was like, "Oh, this is like this is what can work to create a muffin. This is what can work to create a cookie that doesn't have dairy in it."
1: Right. So, baking is so chemical, right? It is.
2: It really to get like the right thing. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. but like you can sort of get around the right <laughs> like cookie-ish thing. But to, like, nail a recipe, yes. You have to be very attentive to, like, the combinations and the yeah. ratios. I'm not like that at all. I'm like, let's throw a little bit of this, and throw a little bit of that, and they're like, maybe a little sprinkle of this. But, yes, it is mostly, like, very, very thoughtful.
1: Yeah. Wow. Because Erica has been raving about this cake specifically. She's like, it's not <laughs> even just good for, like, a gluten-free dessert. She's mm-hmm. like, it's just a really good dessert. And, um... So that's when I was like, wow, she must have magical. Magical. <laughs> oh, it
0: cake. is. That, like that blackout cake is fudgy. It's 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 unreal. It's incredible. Was when did you develop a cake or anything where like I or was it always from the inception where you're like, this is good. I'm a I know how to bake. <laughs> or was it trial and error a little bit?
2: Um I think that it was i am Okay. It's taken me a long time to say, like, I'm good at this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that from what I have tasted mm. in Los Angeles and in other parts of the country, because everywhere I go, I look for something gluten and dairy-free. I look for something paleo, mm. all that sort of stuff. I, From what I've found, I make the best, highest quality, blah, 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 gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken me five years to be able to say that. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not like... I, that just... Even coming out of my mouth, I feel like such an a-hole saying Mm-mm, that. No. <laughs> but thank you. Um, so, but it wasn't like, it just, I guess it did come naturally to me, but it took me a long time to figure out like, oh damn, this like peanut, vegan peanut butter chocolate cookie is fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> or like this blackout cake, like damn. Right.
1: It's not okay. just good for being a substitution of the real thing. It is the real thing in and of itself. So good. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Um, So when you started your business, how did that begin? Were you you at your farmer's markets and different places around Los Angeles? I feel like the
2: natural way for any of that to start is through farmer's markets. Mm. It's just like the easiest way to get direct to consumer, to talk to people, to have people taste. Um, So we all sort of start out in the... Farmer's market world in the... Oh my gosh, there is a farmer's market like conglomerate that owns, (laughs) I kid you not, owns so many of the farmer's markets in Los Angeles, like Palisades, Brentwood, Century City, um, Calabasas, and we all start out in their markets because they will take anybody and... They will take anybody <laughs> it's, <laughs> so a good we place lucky. it's a yeah. good place to start you know it sort of works mm. um i sort of try and urge everyone to not start with them mm. just because of my experience with them but um it's a great place to start so we started farmer's market we as in like there were three people <laughs> with me i started in a farmer's market in brentwood it was went really well i started to pick up wholesale accounts And it just ended up being so overwhelming for one person Mm. to do. And so when you asked me, I think if I had like the vision for it, did Mm. I know it was going to go somewhere? I think that what happened with me was I never had that vision. Mm. I never saw in the future Cocoa Bakes as a shop, as a big wholesale operation, as a big retail operation. And that I think was what brought me down
1: Mm, okay
2: and it's not that I didn't want to envision it it's just I didn't have the vision for it Mm. so five years later I was sort of still in the same place um because I hadn't seen the vision I wasn't super interested in getting funding for it um and I ended up Working myself into the ground, where two years in, I should have started hiring people mm-hmm. and blown it up into what it could have been. Um, which is interesting because now with the bread, mm. like I literally had to shut the shut the bakery, like sweet bakery side down in order for the bread to happen. And now all of the lessons that I learned the first time around are applying here like crazy Mm. and I have this vision for the bread Mm -hmm. that I never had for the other stuff Mm. that's so incredible and it just the vision just sort of happened it was like almost that I needed to go through that five years to get to this point yeah to have learned the lessons because my parents were like You need more catering accounts. You need to hire people. And I was sort of like never wanted to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll put some money into Mm -hmm. it. I'll go find money for it. I just didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm applying all of those lessons and it's incredible to watch.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's such a, it's such a comment on living your truth and living authentically because I think it was in a recent Instagram post you posted where, All the anxiety, all the crap, everything that had to happen for you Mm -hmm. to shut down your bakery led to this magic that is your bread, which is a revolution. It's like a bread revolution. (laughs) A revolution. Revolution. Remember,
1: Um, it started here. The revolution. The (laughs) revolution. Yeah. It is. I've also I've been
0: fortunate enough to try uh, your bread and buy um, a loaf, and it is. It is. just like it's not a replacement for it's not a good gluten-free vegan bread it's just a damn good bread it's so spongy and basically I'm obsessed with you and I could talk about it forever but it's such an incredible bread and it's something like unlike I've ever had before so how did how did that come about how did the bread begin
2: I think the bread began because my mom loves tartine in San Francisco. Hmm. Okay. Like, really loves it. Yeah. We road trip a lot. And so we would road trip there up to San Francisco to buy tartine.
1: <laughs> okay. She
2: would order online, like, 15 loaves, and we would drive them home.
1: And then just freeze them? Like, how do you and eat them would fast And she freeze enough?
2: them. Okay. And so okay. the entire top shelf of our freezer with some, like, second shelf area is designated for tartine. So she bought the book and I thought it was sort of interesting and I thought what if I started baking bread? But this was while I was doing everything else. And I can't tell you how much time everything else took Mm, up, mm. that it didn't leave a lot of time. So I was like sort of doing it, sort of not. I had a starter Mm. and I started baking it. I think I actually started with English muffins because that was the first thing that I Mm. really missed. Um, so I would bake English muffins, and I moved into baking sourdough bread because I didn't really want the yeast because people are saying that it's commercial yeast along with the gluten that is really hurting stomachs and mm. destroying the lining mm. and stuff. So it was like, I want to do a yeast-free thing. And so it just turned into this, like, two years into Cocoa Bakes, I was baking bread. But I was baking it for myself. I wasn't baking it for anybody else. And right. then a couple years after that, I started baking it at for the farmers markets, and I was doing it out of like a kitchen oven where there's like two racks, and I had four pots to do it. So the process is so long that I was like almost up every couple hours baking this bread, and I was like, oh, no, fuck this, <laughs> and I'm like this yeah. needs a lot more time and attention. I just don't mm-hmm. have that. And then the the starter, which we call a mother, mm-hmm. needs time and attention, and I had put her in the fridge on a, for. Because I had to go on on a vacation. I got to go on a vacation. I put her in the fridge to try and preserve her. Left her there for too long. She died. It was over. Mm. And then when I met Bo, my boyfriend. Bo, my (laughs) Bo. He needs to be gluten free. And so I was like, okay, well maybe I'll try and make the bread for him. So we started making it. And it has evolved so much Mm. from the first loaf to what is happening now, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. But it's also been a three year, three, four year on and off process. Mm -hmm. And so I sent my girlfriend, Holly, who I was talking about who makes the amazing natural Mm -hmm. deodorant, I sent her a loaf and I was like, hey, will you try this and tell me what you think? I sent her that three months ago and I think she posted about it and I was like, okay, I'll start selling it online. And this was a month or two before I was supposed to close shop and move to Washington with my boyfriend. And it took off like crazy. The first month, first week I sold it, I think I sold like, all right, I'm just going to make 45. Like, I think that's my max capacity. It'll take X amount of time to make 45. I don't want to spend any more time doing it. I don't have any more time to do it. This weekend, we're going to sell 190 loaves. Uh We're testing it. Yeah. We're testing it to see if we can do it because I have sort of a strange process mm. for it. I okay. need to pre-sell everything before I make it mm. because it needs to be made and shipped fresh. Mm-hmm. I can't have product just right. sitting there. So I pre-sell everything, make sure I have all the labels ready, make sure I have all the packaging ready. I bake it Monday through Wednesday and ship. And... um People get sort of frustrated by the process. Mm. I mean, I've had people, and I understand that because it's it goes on on sale, 10 a.m., PST. I, I realize that I have to add the <laughs> PST. PST, yeah. Saturday and Sunday mornings. It originally was Sunday, but people were saying, I'm in church at that time. I can't yeah. get online. I can't send it. And I was like, okay, I'll break it up Saturday, Sunday. And it just has become this... Thing that is so much bigger than me that we've now pushed our move back. I f- I found somebody and trained them to make it and she makes and an, she makes it nearly as well as I do. Mm-hmm. She has a little bit more tweaking to work on, but I mean she baked everything this last week and everything was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could take it or leave it. I could drop it. I don't really care. It's not Mm. like, I don't need to be making bread. I just want to move. I want to (laughs) move. I want to get out of LA. I'm really excited to move. Mm -hmm. Bone wants to, he's going to go work up with his family up there. We want to go to start that. We had a date July 1st. And I was like, I can't drop this. This is like so much bigger than me. This like, and then I had the vision for it. Mm. And it was sort of like, yeah we're not dropping this Mm-mm. like we're going to train somebody it's going to work out I'm going to come back here once a month for a week, be in the kitchen be making extra loaves, be doing whatever I need to do to ensure that this grows the way it grows but from like 45 loaves 3 months later to no, 190 is so ugh. fast
1: <laughs> I wish this was on video right now okay. yeah. yeah that's so exciting I think sometimes when we've been going through like big transitions in our lives too and I think you know what you realize is sometimes you think that your plan that you, like the how of what your ultimate sort of goal or whatever is going to be um, when that gets massively derailed you have to just sort of surrender to that mm-hmm. because and just like be in rhythm with what your life is kind of bringing to you
2: oh yeah um,
1: and then when you get in rhythm with that things happen at a rate that starts to change or feel exponential. Mm -hmm. Um, When you resist that, it doesn't. Mm. So that's kind of a perfect example of of that kind of that that thing happening where (laughs) it's like, oh, this is what this is like, this is the information I'm getting. And I have to go with that.
2: You just got to get on board. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I I just posted something about manifesting. Mm -hmm.
0: Like,
2: I could have manifested the fuck out of Cocoa Bakes. Mm. But I didn't have the room, I didn't have the capacity, I didn't have the wherewithal, I was doing something that wasn't making me happy and as soon as I cleared that out,
0: mm.
2: it cleared so much time, so much energy, so much mental capacity for this bread thing to move in. So I think it's a combination of manifesting, mm. but also clearing house, Yeah. clearing space, making room for it to come in. Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. But that does take guts, you know. This like this whole thing at the core of what we talk about. Yes, it's sort of wellness focused every week, but that means like all different types of wellness, right? Not just like health and fit, not to diet and fitness, and um. But that there's always an aspect of risk, right? There's always an aspect of like I need to just have the guts, both physical guts, if you Mm -hmm. talk about (laughs) you know we talk about microbiome, but also just like trusting your gut trusting your intuition having the courage to take that step even if you don't know what it's going to look like because most of totally. us we can't predict the future but just what's best for you like you said closing up
0: shop do it this was what was best for coco's life and that mattered mm-hmm. more than coco bakes right and you're so open as well on instagram about your anxiety and all this which is so incredible because so many people aren't and I think that's why we all struggle so much is because we feel so alone in our anxiety or our depression or whatever it is that we have but what what has been in your toolkit to help you get through those moments that has let you get to where you are now <laughs> I think that I,
2: I, honestly I think it was just like I was so fed up with it mm. I was so fed up with living in LA working my butt off without an end. I couldn't see an end in sight. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, I guess it was also like, I sort of knew in my gut that every time I was suggested something or every time I would make something, it was like, I just have to stop this. Like Mm -hmm. I, it's not bringing me joy anymore. I really don't like it. So it was a combination of like, like clearing everything out and really listening to myself and also just being really fucking fed up with it mm-hmm. and like meeting my wall and being like, all right, what now? Yeah. Like I need a break. Yeah, I need a break from this city, all the energy. I'm somebody who is such an absorber of energy mm-hmm. that I need like too much stimulus, too much energy. I want a slower life. I want to be able to enjoy my moments. I don't want to be rushing from here to there I mean, the amount of times that I like rush to a place just to turn around and rush somewhere else. It was like, I I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that anymore. So it was more so like meeting my wall Mm. and not necessarily having the tools, but like taking from that experience a tool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Finding the tool in the experience. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So now it's like,
2: Next time I just have to trust my instincts mm-hmm. more.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, those are like big
2: old
0: life lessons. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all scary.
1: It, it is scary. Is. It
0: is. It is scary. And exciting. It's 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 scarier the more you resist. It oh becomes my gosh. exciting when you're like
2: <laughs> And if you can like lean into the uncomfortability of it yeah. and like trust that something's gonna happen. Um, I believe in energy in the universe. Yeah. People say it's God. Whatever you believe in, like there is a plan in the works for you, mm-hmm. Absolutely. and it's happening, and it's in place, and you just got to get on board and go with get it. Get on the train. Stop resisting. Yep,
1: hundred. And, and also. I find stop pretending that you know better. Like, cause mm-hmm. we can intellectualize so yeah. much, especially like if you're a smart person and you try to, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but people can talk themselves in and out of anything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to, like you said, remove quiet, the noise. And so like your gut doesn't lie to you. Your intuition doesn't lie to you. It tells you sort of what the universe is presenting to you. It's just whether or not you want to get on that train or get off. Mm. And um, yeah, sometimes we have to go through hard lessons to learn that. But it's like once that light bulb clicks, like I had a big bit of a click in my life recently. It's like once that light bulb went off, I was like, whoa, this is something in me that I can always trust. That is no matter what, always there. Mm. And that's like, I don't want to ever ignore that again. Right. You know, Well, I just read some some quote
0: from pinterest or instagram somewhere but it it basically said when one door closes another door opens but we often look so like longingly at the door that closed that we can't see the door that's opened. Mm -hmm. and i think that's so much so what we're talking about is the universe wants to support us It we it wants us to be in that flow we just gotta get in that flow
2: yeah and I'm going to address something now that like I'm thinking about because I have to be so conscious of these things that there are single moms, there are moms, dads yeah. out there that are listening right now that are saying, well, I have three kids, yeah. I'm a yeah. single mom, I can't leave my job, I can't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as you're saying it. it's Mm-mm. going to right. be. And to that I would say, are there small things that you can do, really small things that you can do that like you're feeling like you have to shift or change, and sort of trust that they're going to change and make mm, yeah. small changes mm. yeah, it doesn't to retrain. Have to be
1: massive. It's like in the daily, it's in the daily life. Right. right. In and that routine.
2: even that even small changes will help you realize that, oh my God, I can trust this, that yeah. like, maybe if I make that big shift, that big jump, that big change, then I'll be okay. We'll yeah. be okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah man so beautiful so you're moving to seattle oh my god i hope so i love you
2: la but i've had 29 30 years of you yeah Uh.
0: You're ready, and cocoa baked bread
1: will continue, which oh is god, so wow. exciting. Which is just... all of LA. Is getting very all of funny.
2: LA. But you ship? Do you ship nationwide? Oh my god, I ship nationwide. I've shipped to Oklahoma. I've shipped to New Mexico, Hawaii, Alaska, New York. I mean, states that I don't even know what cities they <laughs> exist in. No offense. I just yeah. Yeah. I apologize for that. No, but that's
0: so wonderful too, and it's so wonderful that you give people all over who might not have access to air one or anything like it um access to really great healthy good for you bread <laughs> so um, important so yeah Thank
1: you. thank you for <laughs> thank joining. you so much thank, thank you, you. <laughs> and
0: where can everyone find you if they don't already follow you which i'm sure they do <laughs>
1: oh okay
2: you can follow me i am at coco bakes on instagram my website is cocobakesla.com and you can find the bread on my website, Saturday and Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. PST, the icon pops right up, um, and you just click it and go through the whole thing, and it'll it'll, um, ask you your shipping information, blah, 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 and that's how you can purchase.
0: And how long uh, can you freeze it for? Oh my gosh, I haven't had it in the freezer
2: for that long, Mm. but I'd say four or five months. Oh wow, okay. I have people who buy like eight loaves at a time and Mm. just freeze them.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That's great. Awesome. So they won't go bad. No. Coco, thank you so much for coming on our podcast
1: and letting us learn about your inspiring journey. Erica and I began this podcast shortly after I returned from 15 months of living and performing in Japan. I've always been into wellness and specifically nutrition, but It was after my own battle with a cancer diagnosis at 29 and multiple surgeries that I really started to develop a new passion for learning about all things wellness.
0: And my own journey began about four years ago. I went through um, a 45-pound weight loss. And after years and years of trying to lose weight and always carrying extra weight and just being so unhappy in my body, I really began uh, this journey of self-love and just loving myself the way I was. And amazingly, from that place is how my weight loss journey began, and our full story can be heard on the first episode of Courageous Wellness. And in the last five episodes, we have also spoken with some pretty inspirational people, um, from talking all things gut health with Lauren Mones of the Fermenting Fairy, to discussing loss and miscarriages with Annie Vovan of Avenue Mama, and even sobriety and entrepreneurship with Kendra
1: Sen, who is producing Danica Breish's Empowering the Brunch Series tour. And in upcoming episodes, we talk with functional medicine, Dr. Darren Clare, who is revolutionizing anti-aging and health and has been featured on the hit show, the doctors singer, Melissa Harding on the importance of breathing and being healthy on an international tour. And we talk all things, self-care with the hosts of Ansel doing it podcast, Jackie and Angelica courageous wellness is a podcast interviewing real
0: people about their individual journeys in health and wellness from physical wellness to emotional and spiritual. We get to hear courageous stories of wellness and why it's important to share them. We hope these courageous stories inspire you the way they've inspired us. So
1: if you like it, please keep checking us out and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at courageous wellness and feel free to
0: rate our podcast too.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much.